I am Lights Camera Jackson. Welcome to this episode of the LCJ Q&A Podcast. You can also read these interviews at animationscoop.com. I got my acceptance letter many months ago. I am ready to be enrolled in Tiny Toons University, and I think you should be too. Yes, yes, it's awesome. The show premieres this Friday, September 8th on Max, Saturday, September 9th, 9 a.m. on Cartoon Network. Joining me, Nate Cash, who is the co-showrunner and co-EP, and David Arago Jr., who voices Hampton J. Pig, and Plucky Guys, welcome to the LCJ Q&A. Before we get started, I, Nate, I need one of those. How do I get one of those letters? That is incredible. I'm sorry, David, you weren't accepted. We got your application. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, so we'll get you one. Yes. We'll get you an honorary acceptance uh, letter. <laughs> yeah, yes, the seal is there and everything. Thank you to the the Cartoon Network folks. The guys, the show is so fun. And Nate, um, this show is so ambitious. How do you how do you set up a university? Uh, it was a lot of hard work. <laughs> <laughs> From a art direction standpoint, too, just like filling out the campus, deciding what the style of the campus was going to be. We leaned into the old show for a lot of the um, the main buildings, but I had to expand out to do an entire campus, uh, and then each episode that takes place off campus, uh, <laughs> uh, too. It was yeah, it was super fun. Twenty twenty uh, Comic Con had those like those establishing shots or the background shots or whatever of all the buildings and. As soon as we got to see those, it was like, wow. Yeah, it looks so good. It's so fun. It's so wild and entertaining. And and David, you voice two characters who have such strong personalities. How did you want to approach these personalities? Well, uh, you don't know me very well, but I'm a very meek individual. Very, very... <laughs> <laughs> I can't even say it with a straight face. Um, I, I approached them... Uh, Obviously, you know, first and foremost from the writing, um, you know, you, you, you do what they give you, but also with the core of what I remembered them being. Um, that's how I found the sound. I didn't listen to um, what they were. I went with what I remembered, which makes me beautifully off kilter <laughs> and helps helps make it my own um, because I didn't go back to the source material, but tried to honor it and what I remembered of it. So um, uh, I definitely approached it with with that sort of enthusiasm for their pre-existing um, versions, but then as far as like leaning in just the the fun that we have in the room when we record and and the fun that they build into the scripts that enable that that sort of bigness of character if you will yeah does i make up words because the regular language it just ain't as fun it is big <laughs> the show is big it's big in scale it's big in impact bugs has this epic entrance nate i love uh, the entrance how did you come up with the way you wanted to bring bugs bunny into this in the first episode uh well i think that is that harkens back to the premise of the show that these are uh tunes who were uh, attending acme university to earn their tune degree uh, our version of the show leans into that like they're going to college they their mentors at the school the faculty are the legacy warner brothers characters that they look up to um, and they're trying to figure out who they are too. So we're um, leaning into that where they're not just uh, imitations of the old Looney Tunes characters or figuring out who they are, who their voice is. So Bugs' entrance with like the slowly rotating and the epic stuff is just playing into like 
he's he's a god to uh, Buster Bunny, <laughs> and he looks up to him, uh, and also playing with uh, what does that what does that mean to want to be like your hero? I think to add on to to my answer from from something that Nate's been saying is like really trying to give an homage or or an honoring to not just Tiny Tunes but Looney Tunes, right? And finding the moments in the performances where I get to do that is also a blast. Like you can have, uh, so say you're Hampton, right? And if there's a scream, it could be, ah, and that would be, you know, keeping with uh, uh, Hampton, but a little more Looney Tunes thing would be, ah. Um, so finding those, those differences of like, okay, what would be in keeping in character enough, but not dialed up to 10, dialed up to Looney instead. Um, I think that has also been a driving sort of uh, force underneath the performance. Yeah, and, and David, what you experience in the first episode with the Hampton character is him being brave. What does that theme mean to you for the kids who are gonna watch this and see what happens at the end of the first episode with your character and that theme really shining through? I, I I believe you know doing doing your best is is always an excellent start. Um, wh- one of the reasons that I have a career in voiceover is because I I decided I wasn't afraid of it, um, and I decided I would show up and I would do the work and I would take all the research and put in the reps and and listen to all the podcasts. Shout out to Talking Tunes with Rob Paulson. If without that podcast, I would not be here today. Unless that's a competing podcast and then David doesn't like them. That's okay. Okay. That's all right. It's all good. It's all good. We support other podcasts. That's fine. Um, But like there, there is something to showing up and putting in the work, which is what Hampton does through the episode. Like he, he figures out, okay, well, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. And Boom. And it winds up being this wonderful, if I'm remembering the right episode, this is, this is brave, but also incredibly vulnerable, right? He gets yeah. up there and he just reveals himself and that's what becomes, you know, the joy. So in terms of talking to kids and be yourself and let that be what carries you through. And, you know, you will find your successes in that way. Wow. I love that very much. Nate, an executive producer on this show, is Steven Spielberg. He's one of the first names you see when the credits start for each episode. What uh, what does Mr. Spielberg think of all this and especially the Warner Brothers Center for Excellence in Visual Gags? I'm sure he likes that, right? Yeah, he, he's really excited about it. He um, Our first note from him was that this is the best iteration of Tiny Toons that he'd seen, uh, which is huge praise. Uh, so we've been leaning into that. Yeah, he's been amazing to work with. Nice, nice. And for the both of you, before we go, this is a show, obviously, they're at a university, learning a lot. What is the most important thing you two have learned from your experience on this show so far? David, I'll start with you. Oh, gosh. Um, uh, learned. Um, you, you can take the leap. As long, it kind of harkens back to my to my other answer. As long as you're doing the things that are authentic to you and you're jumping, it, it seems to work in the room. Um, so take the leap and and have have fun and be your version of of who you want to be in this world, and you will find your people. Yeah, Nate. What about you? Uh, mine was a reminder that there's no shortcuts in life. Like the, the goal for the show was to harken back to classic cartoons and to have them hand drawn in a way that modern cartoons often are not to have that squash and stretch and that really like 
old school, fun, cartoony bounciness uh, isn't something that a computer program can do. So finding the right people who understand those concepts and do them and just the, that handcrafted uh, surrealism of, of old cartoons was one of my huge things to want to bring back and, and uh, pay homage to. And that stuff's hard to do. So that was my learning. <laughs> I, I knew it would be, but uh, finding the right people who also, you know, had put in the hard work to, to learn how to draw uh, in this classic style. So, yeah, no shortcuts. Absolutely. Good thing. Art department. Yeah. <laughs> it looks so good, doesn't it? Yes, the art department did a fantastic job. You all do great work with this. Tiny Toons University. Watch it on Max. Watch it on Cartoon Network, guys. Thank you so much for your time today for being on the LCJ Q&A. Congrats on this. Woohoo! Thanks so much, Jackson. Thank you, guys. Joining me, the voice of Buster, Emmy winner Eric Bauza, and the voice of Sweetie, Tessa Netting. Hello to the both of you. Hi, you Hello. Hey. Ah, oh, thank you so much. That's great, uh, Eric. It's good to see you. Congratulations on the Emmy win, man. How does it feel? Uh, I'm still sitting in my chair in my mind, listening to Mark Hamill's acceptance speech. Uh, it feels unreal. Uh, or or Gray or Tom or Frank. Any any of those lovely performers I was nominated alongside. I'm just like I'm still thinking it should have been a five way tie, but. Um, it's it's uh, I'm very thankful for for that opportunity. Un unbelievable. So well deserved, man. Well deserved. Look, you guys, I got my acceptance letter a few months ago. To oh. yeah. <laughs> Thank you to the folks at Acme University. I love it. Um, Eric, you've been around the Looney Tunes world for a long time. When this show, when this concept was approached to you, what was your initial reaction to it? You know, it's like like anything for me. I'm just like uh, being like a kid in a candy store. It's like you you don't even fathom or think of the idea that you might be part of this thing. I always think, hey, uh, I'm just going to enjoy it regardless, even if I don't get accepted, even if I don't see that acceptance letter or uh, or I do see it. I'm always thrilled to see that the, you know, Warner Brothers is is keeping these characters alive and relevant for you know, the, the, the generation now to kind of fall in love with the way uh, Tessa and I did back in the day. Yeah, it's unbelievable that I get to be around these characters that help raise me as a kid. And my only hope is that I am doing them justice and uh, kind of, uh, again, keeping them interesting and funny for the, the new kids to enjoy. It is a fun show. It's an ambitious show. It's it's so entertaining. And Tessa Sweetie has such a strong personality. She really does. How did you want to approach her first impression, which is always so important in a university setting, and an arc throughout the season? Oh, man. Well, first impression, like you said, she had to just have a bang just a really really intense like uh really loud really soft really like levels giving her everything that i could and then for more of an arc you you want to see how much that she cares underneath because she has this tough exterior but then she has this like warm sweetheart underneath and she just loves her friends so much especially babs they're sort of dynamic together i think exploring that throughout the entire show is just so lovely to see to see that like people that are like really tough and have these like really intense personalities you know 
they're sweet too. They're human too. They have feelings. They have emotions. We all do. So that's what I love about her. Yeah. Yeah. She's terrific. I love the bond because Buster and Babs have a, a bond. You mentioned Sweetie and Babs have a bond. It's the, the twins and the siblings. Eric, what does this theme of friendship and togetherness and a community setting also important at a university? What does it mean to you? How does it speak to you with this show? Uh, I mean, I look back at uh, even my college experience and, and high school experience and that I, I, I do like that. It kind of just gives it a little bit more of like a realistic uh, approach and take to it. I know that obviously they were classmates in the original and like it, it's, it sets it all up in the theme song, but sometimes you kind of like lose that in a sense where it may be just be a plucky centric episode or, or, a, a you know, a Plucky and Hampton or, or a, a Buster and Babs episode, this version of the show, I feel really doesn't like exclude one character or another, even if it's focused on one character, there's still like this kind of like all encompassing vibe. Like no one's left out of, of like any of like the scripts. So I kind of like that. I kind of like that. It, it, it went from like the two 11 minute shorts to kind of like this big 22 minute arc uh, and story that allows you to kind of like explore who these characters are further and who they are in relation to each other. So yeah. Yeah, I, I think it, and especially with today's audience, you know, I got a seven year old and I'm like, Oh, I wonder if this is going to be too, like, you know, too like over the, you know, over the kids' heads, but they're pretty smart and receptive. To, uh, you know, they're, they're smart. These kids, these kids today, they, they, they're, they're pretty, uh, they're fast. So you kind of have to kind of roll with the punches. Uh, I, I'm watching these episodes going, Oh, that's, that's very clever. Yeah. And, the layers, the fullness of the stories. Yeah. Yeah. Without question. They are, they're so cool that they're a part of this. And, and Tessa, if you could sign up, if you could sign up, for a class with one of these Looney Tunes icons to get even more enhancement in the world of comedy and timing, who would it be and why? Oh, Bugs Bunny, 100%. I mean, I'm sitting with, with the man right now. Like, what, what? how could you not? This is one of the most iconic cartoon characters of all time. You think of a cartoon character, you think of Bugs Bunny. I'd just go in front of him and ask him any sort of question that could come to mind. And I want to learn things from him. And I want, actually, I want him to conduct an orchestra for me. That is my dream, just to see mm. Bugs Bunny just conduct an orchestra, because I think it would be the most incredible thing I've ever seen in my life. So yeah, Bugs. Nice. Uh, no let me tell you, Tessa, you passed already. Uh, and you haven't <laughs> Uh, you too, Jackson. Good job, Doc. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Bugs. Thank you. Yes, yes. That image of him conducting the orchestra, yes, is in all of our minds. One of the fun episodes of this show uh, involves a pizza party. Uh, Eric, what's the most epic pizza party that you have ever been a part of? Oh, man, yesterday, uh, just just at lunch, uh, me and my son uh, trying. We always uh, we always like uh, play a uh, pizza roulette on uh, Postmates. We're like, we haven't tried this place yet. Uh, that That's it. That's what we do. As you can see, uh, pizza, pizza party pro over here. Uh, nice. Nice. I, I don't know. I, I, that's a good question. Maybe we should hold like a wacky topping pizza party party. Yeah. 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 And what's the topping, Tessa? What's the topping on the pizza going to be? Oh, man, you have to close your eyes and see what's in the fridge and just, you know, <laughs> if you want a wacky topping, you just got to go with whatever happens. Trust yeah. fate. It's destiny, baby. That's We're it. going with uh, Ralph's store-bought sushi and uh, <laughs> sugar-free whipped cream. Yeah, that's yeah some ranch dressing, just a little bit of everything. 
<laughs> be disgusting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But a uh, big celebration for this show for sure. Before we go, Eric, I have to ask you about being at Cartoon Network Studios for the final time, recording, dialogue, your post on social media, very powerful. Uh, I've been by that building a few times when I've been out in L.A. What has that building meant to you throughout your career? Uh, just originality and creativity. A lot of uh, creator-driven cartoons have... Uh, uh, been birthed at the Cartoon Network Studios, and I know that they're kind of under the Warner Brothers wing now, right. uh, which, which to me is, you know, uh, it, it's funny because before Cartoon Network was around, it was Hanna Barbera. So Hanna Barbera turned into Cartoon Network, and Cartoon Network is now uh, still going to be Cartoon Network, but under the guidance of Warner Brothers, uh, a little bit more focused. And right. you know, I mean, it's it's it's. I think it's only a natural progression, but uh, they they definitely know what uh, Cartoon Network stood for. And I'm not at all worried that uh, under under the new regime that it will continue to be uh, a place for creators to come up with original shows. So definitely creative shorts uh, will still be a main focus there as well as uh, nods to shows like Tiny Toons and Looney Tunes and uh, you know uh, other things that are under the WBIP. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're in good hands with shows like Tiny Toons, Luniversity, Watch It on Max, and Cartoon Network. Thank you both so much for your time today, for being here on the LCJ Q&A. All the best. Thank, Thank you. you. Have fun at the movies. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yes, that's my other life as a movie critic. So, yeah. Makes sense. I've you got and the Nicole Kidman. That's right. Yes, me and Nicole <laughs> having a good time at the cinema. That uh, Talk about impact, that ad. Wow. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Heartbreak yeah. feels good in a place like this. It's right. That is right. You even look a little like Nicole Kidman with the, with the color of your hair. Oh, my gosh. Get out of here. Get Halloween out of here, this Jackson. year. Halloween this year. Yes. Very good. <laughs> I'll do yeah. it.